Celtics beat the Wizards. It didn't go the way we had hoped, but one stat that tells the entire story of this game, the one thing that shows why the Celtics are championship favorites, and Brad Stevens talks trade deadline. It's all right now on a bonus Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I got you covered every Monday through Friday, plus a bonus podcast like this for you on a Saturday after the Celtics Friday night game against the Washington Wizards, a game that they won, but a game that did not go the way people had thought, who people had hoped. So we'll talk about that, talk about uh, Brad Stevens talked about uh, the trade deadline. We talked to him earlier on Friday morning. And all of that stuff. So why don't we just dive into the, whoa, that's a graphic on YouTube. <laughs> Didn't uh, work right away. I'm John Corrales, by the way. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And now I am, uh, you know, covering the show, co- covering the Celtics for you. That's what I do. Uh, boy, I, you know what's so, so funny? I do this intro every damn day. And yet, when it's a Friday night, I completely forget how the hell to talk, how to host the show. What is it's like? It's like Friday night, and my brain's like, you know what, John? Just shut up. But I got to keep going, man. Uh, Celtics beat the Wizards one thirty three one twenty nine. Uh, there's one stat that covers how this entire game went, and that is. Transition defense. I'll give you the stat right away. So the Celtics gave up 36 fast break points. They average 13 and change fast break points allowed. So they gave up twice as many fast break points, but that's not the stat. The stat is they gave up 26 in the first half. They gave up, so that's what, 13? I don't know what it was per quarter. In fact, well, let's let's just break it down a little bit per quarter. First quarter, it was 18. Second quarter, it was 8. Fourth quarter, it was 8. Third quarter, 2. So that is the stat of the night that tells you everything you need to know. 26 transition points in the first half. The first quarter was 18. So that's how they started the game. They gave up another eight, which isn't great in the in the second quarter. Now remember, they averaged 13 and change per game. So you're supposed to give up that that works out to be what three and change per quarter. So they gave up eight in the second quarter. They give eight in the fourth. So the first quarter sucked. The second quarter was a little bit better. Third quarter, uh, fourth quarter was eh, you know what I mean? But the second quarter, they gave up two. So that was below their average. And lo and behold, the third quarter is where the Celtics outscored the Wizards 36 to 16, got the entire, 
their entire lead, everything that they needed in a lead came in the third quarter. And it just begs the question here. You know, you try, you try for one second. It wasn't even the whole quarter. It was the second half. It was like 623. At the 623 mark, they went on a 26 to 11 run. So, like, that's where they made the most uh, of their 20 point. They got 15 points in that stretch. So, and then they held it through most of the fourth quarter. Then they kind of, like, fell apart. So, the story of this game is the Celtics very clearly came in and said, ah, it's the Wizards. And the Wizards, without they're hurt. They they traded away Daniel Gafford. They got Rashawn Holmes, who wasn't available yet because the trade was still being completed or finalized with the physical and all of that stuff. So they clearly came in and said, we don't need to work that hard. And frankly, they were proven correct because they didn't work that hard. They put in basically 12 minutes of effort. And they won an NBA basketball game. Yeah, they only won by four. And people, anybody who took the money line, anybody, anybody, I'm sorry, anybody who took the um, the spread, so it was 17 and a half, was not happy with how this went. But the Celtics said, yeah, we're going to kind of half-ass it for 30-plus minutes of this game, and we're still going to win. And they did. And they say, hey, got it, move on, done. Got the win, move on. And what can you say? Like in, in some sense you can say, well, they were correct. And I know that that's the problem for a lot of you. And this is where, like, I'm not even going to get into the, the, the nitty gritty of this game, because honestly, who cares? It, the, the story of this game was Kristaps Porzingis is a matchup problem and the uh, wizards are too small. And Jason Tatum went nuts driving and the Wizards too small. And that was it. They combined for 69 points, 35 for Tatum, 34 for uh, Porzingis. Drew Holiday had his moments where he took advantage of mismatches. Peyton Pritchard had a good stretch, hit two half court shots. One of them counted. The other one didn't, but damn, when you hit a second one, that should just count automatically. So Pritchard had a nice game. Tatum had a nice game. I mean, I'm sorry. Jalen Brown had a nice game. Uh, even though he was in there for kind of like the worst of it, 18 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Uh, I thought, I thought he did a, a pretty, you know, he had a solid, a solid game. I thought he was a pretty solid player. So the only guy who didn't have a particularly great statistical game was Derek white, who had an awesome game against the Atlanta Hawks. And I sat there and said, D white should be an all-star over, uh, Trey young stand by that. Two of six in this game, 0 of four from three. Six assists, that was good. Uh, three steals, that was good. A block shot. So, but, you know, he did other things. But that was, everybody kind of takes turns. Uh, but let's start with, let's start with the effort thing because this is where I feel like I'm a translator between two sides that are arguing, right? And, and they're both like mad at each other. And I can, I can hear you both. I can, I can hear and understand what both sides are, uh, complaining about here. So from the fan side, you have the wizards and this expectation. They are a nine win team. They suck. 
they um they y- you should you should should and should is the key word here because what what should happen every night in the, in the NBA is hard to say but from the obvious outside perspective you say well it's it's the wizards this is the Celtics your championship level team if you're a championship team and this is the wizards just just destroy them win this game by 50 which they did in Washington they they went nuts but people get frustrated. You watch this, you go, well, why are you doing this? Why are you giving such little effort? And you say, oh, how can you win a championship by giving effort like this in these games? And to those people, I always point to the Denver Nuggets of last year who finished the season, March and April, just sucking. And people people who cover the Nuggets were like, nah, I don't know if this team can do it. They're, they've just completely fallen apart. Like this goes beyond being resting and being tired and all that stuff. But obviously the Nuggets ended up winning the championship. So, but I, I get the, the fear that, Hey, the Celtics went and tried for 12 minutes and it worked. They got validated. Their lack of effort got validated and you're not wrong. You're not wrong in that assessment. You're not wrong. It's not, you're not, wrong to be fearful of that. But from the the Celtics perspective, they say, "Hey, look, okay, yeah, okay, you got us. We we didn't try right away. We didn't try right away. We had we had a bad quarter. We had a bad quarter to start." And then NBA level players and like real NBA players. Now the Wizards are are horrible in general. They're a terrible basketball team. But Jordan Poole, who is a clown but is talented, he, he can he can get hot. Kyle Kuzma is talented; he can get hot. Tyus Jones came over like in Memphis. People were talking about Tyus Jones. Like the reason why they were able to kind of float along without John Morant last season was Tyus Jones was a really good backup. So he he's talented; he's capable. Denny Abdia has capability. You know, he's capable. Corey Kispert is capable. Like those guys, Landry Shamit, he he has moments. Like all of these guys, minus like a couple, you say they they have they're NBA level players. They're legit NBA players. They just don't fit at all. And like I said, Jordan Poole, who's supposed to be their best player, absolutely does not care one single bit about doing anything besides getting his own. And he's just a hot hot garbage. He he's like. He's quickly become my least favorite player in the NBA because of his attitude. And and that permeates the entire team. And okay, so the Wizards suck. But anyway, from the Celtics perspective, you relax. They play the way they want to play. They take it to basically, uh, you know, unstructured, play just fast and basically a pickup game. And... Yeah, that 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 happens sometimes, and they get going, they get hot, they hit some shots, and it becomes a little bit of a struggle to kind of get that toothpaste back in the tube, so to speak. So I understand from the Celtics' perspective, like, look, we get it, we came out, kind of half-assed it for a little bit, took a little while to get these, you know, to herd the cats, but we did. Third quarter, we did, 
And, you know, fourth quarter, yup, yup, yup. We relax a little bit, but close it out, and we're fine. We won the game, and that's all that matters. And and they are not wrong there either. So you're not wrong to sit there and say, but the effort, but the attitude, this is going to burn you. Okay, you're not wrong, but also it, it may not burn them. And they're not wrong for saying, like, look, yeah, we screwed up a little bit. We need to get better, but it's difficult and all that stuff. But at the same time, you do have to understand, like, it's not always going to go this way. Like you, you, you biff a game against the Lakers. You, you know, you punt the game against the, you know, if this, if this ended up being a loss, you're like, okay, the bad losses are are there and they start to pile up. And, you know, you, you just don't want these to become habits. You don't want to become, because people by nature have a tendency to like, find where the line is of what is acceptable. What's good. What, okay. Is this the line of good work? Great. I'm going to give you what the good work is. And then I'm not going to try to be, but I'm just going to give you what I know gets me the acceptance and the praise. And that's it. I'm just going to keep doing that. And maybe you could be better. You're just never going to explore that. And that's the, 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 the trap you don't want to fall into as a team. Like, yeah, we, we gave you just enough effort to win. You, you want us to win a basketball game. We won. It was entertaining in a lot of ways. You know, we're, the fans were loving it. The fans were loud. They, they, we got a big ovation walking off the floor. Everybody was happy. What do you want from us? And so it's that push and pull. And so I would like to see them have more kind of oomph, but I, I would also like to, uh, you know, I, I think people also need to understand, like, you know, hey, February 9th against the Wizards, you know, you've been home all this time. You're super comfortable. You got a little bit of a, you have three games left before the All-Star break. You know, haven't we all been at work on, you know, getting ready for vacation and slipped a little bit that week, that week before vacation? How honestly, honestly, and I know, oh, they make so much money, but like, honestly, your brain that week before vacation, how focused are you? And like, that's where human nature kicks in. And that that's the push and pull. That's the hard part with this because they do make a ton of money and you say, ah, that money should motivate you and, and winning a championship should motivate you. And they're like, yeah, of course it does. But you know, it's 82 games and yeah, it's vacations around the corner and there's a dunk contest. <laughs> there's this. There's, you know, the parties are probably going to be fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little distracted. I'm kind of a little bit bored. Don't want to play freaking Jordan Poole. I don't want to deal with his crap. So, like, you want me to guard Bilal Koulibaly? You really? Do I have to? Yeah, you have to because he just dropped 21 and eight. So you gotta have to kind of have to like step up and and like guard him a little bit. It's the it's a fight. It's a fight. However, there's one thing that I do think that we can kind of lean on in this game, and it's the the Celtics' ability to kind of morph, right? Who who's hot? Who who's who has the matchup? Who's and and this is where the Celtics, I think, showed their championship capabilities here. Like even within this game. One of the hardest things for a team to do is grow over the course of a season. Like I just said, there's a tendency to get stagnant. 
you've you've gotten to a place. We know that this baseline generally gets us some success. So this is what we're going to give, and we're not going to give any more. And it's hard to learn and hard to grow, but they are learning and growing. And uh, this is a, a game where Jalen Brown, does he have the sexiest stats? No, 9 of 15, 18.7 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, 3 turnovers and a steal. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, okay. It was an okay game. But no, it's actually, it was better than an okay game because he, he, I think he, you know, not only is he uh, a threat out there, he's, he you know, making passes, he's directing some of the offense. You could see him kind of like calling out like, no, 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 you go that way. You go this way. You know, Porzingis has the ball in the post. You go here. Spa- this is the spacing that we want. You there, me here. Like he understands that kind of stuff. These little tiny things. The Celtics are developing over the course of the season, this sense of where are the mismatches with the Celtics? There are a ton of mismatches. Joe Missoula, uh, jokingly referred to it as enter the spider verse where there's a bunch of different Spider-Men. And that's what this team is a bunch of different Spider-Men. And there's a downside to that where the, you know, the ball gets sticky when there's a bunch of Spider-Men around uh, because everybody's like, I-, I can do this. I got the mismatch. Look at me. I'm Spider-Man. I'm better than this guy in front of me. So I have the mismatch. And the, the difficult part of what the Celtics do is where do you find the best mismatch on the floor? And that's the hard part. That's when Bra- when um, Joe Mazzulla talks about open-mindedness. Do you have the open-mindedness to be great? that's what he's talking about. Jalen can sit there in this game could say, man, look at, I got, I got Jordan Poole on me and he attacked Jordan Poole. And I got, you know, Corey Kispert on me and I got, you know, Landry Shaman on me, like watch me cook. But no, the better play in those situations was, you know, he's on the floor with Kristaps Porzingis a lot. And Kristaps was cooking because he's seven foot three and that's an even a, a bigger mismatch. So, this progression that they're making here, even in this game, there's steps that we don't even realize. These little steps along the way, we're like, okay, the mentality, the ability to say, I will not, as Jalen Brown, you know, demand my touches. I will not go and pull rank and say, hey, I'm the all NBA guy. This is okay. Jason's going for 34. Look, dude, I'm going to the all-star game. I'm I'm going to go in on a high note. I'm also going to get 30. We're going to combine for 70 points and we're going to have a good time. The maturity to say, you know what? 15 shots is okay. 15 shots on a night like this against the team like this for Jalen Brown, not, not stat padding at all. He's going for, Hey, Chris stops. They got no size. He's got all the size. Let's let's keep going to him. And they fed him. And he gets not only nine of 18, two of four from three, but 14 of 14 from the line. That's an incredible performance from Porzingis. And Brown is part of kind of feeding that and recognizing that. If the Celtics can keep doing this and perfect this, and if they can carry that into late game execution on a consistent basis, then they are a championship team. This is uh the again the open mindedness to say even as Jalen Brown or even as Jason Tatum say you know what crunch time yeah Derek White Chris Porzingis pick and rolls yeah 
No problem. I'll stand in one corner. JB, you go stand in that other corner. And we'll, we'll be like the ultimate floor spacers for a few possessions because Derek White is incredible with the ball in his hands and an incredible decision maker and capable of doing a lot. And there's Kristaps Porzingis, who has the mismatch against anybody on the floor. And yeah, you know, spam that until it doesn't work. And they did for a little while. And, you know, you got Drew Holiday just stepping in every once in a while. And uh, yeah, oh, I got this mismatch or I'm going to play down in the dunker or, you know, those things. If the Celtics can stay open-minded, yeah, forget about the effort stuff. I, I get it in this game. It's it's that open-mindedness to say whatever the best mismatch on the floor is, that's what we're going to go to. So if that means Tatum is setting a screen, if that means Jalen is setting a screen, if they're setting screens for Holiday or White or for Porzingis, like those types of things are part of a championship team where if your stars are willing to say, you know what, you guys cook, we're, we're going to be on the sideline here. Call us if you need us, but you got this is your game. You got the mismatch. Go for it. That's that's where championship is won. Like those those kinds of things are where championships are won because that chemistry the Celtics will be impossible to guard if that's the case. So that's the game. That that's the that's my general reaction after the Washington Wizards. The Celtics play a Tuesday. I mean a Sunday, two p.m. game. Uh, Super Bowl related early start. So that's going to be a fun one. I think Miami is going to be an interesting one there. Uh, so obviously I'll be recording after that show, after that game. So make sure you're subscribed for that. Uh, I'm not going to be, uh, wrapping up this podcast just yet because Brad Stevens talked and he talked before the trade, uh, talked after the trade deadline about, uh, acquiring Xavier Tillman about, uh, acquiring Jaden Springer and generally the, the, the thought process, what, what Brad said, I'll just sum it up for you is, uh, they, you know, Tillman is a guy that they, they think that that can contribute pretty quickly. Uh, and Springer was a long-term kind of developmental play. And you heard Daryl Morey, if, if you were looking around the internet, uh, talk about how Springer was uh, a little a little too long term for them, and they need they needed kind of like the ability to make some win now moves, and and that move helps them create the cap space that they need and all of that stuff. So the Celtics, I thought Brad Stevens, I thought expertly played the margins which we talked a lot about this in yesterday's podcast. So if you missed that, go check that out. Me and Tom Westerholm kind of breaking down the two moves. thought Brad Stevens did a great job. So the Tillman move, so he his his knee is still not 100%. So that's, uh, I don't know when he's going to make his debut. Maybe not till after the All-Star break, but not that, not that far off. Springer was there in the locker room, but unavailable to talk. So I don't know where or when he's going to talk, but uh, might be on the road. So I thought Brad explained it pretty well where he said, look, we're, we didn't want to disrupt the flow of what we've got going here. It's great, 
but also you don't want to stand pat and just do nothing because there are things the Celtics can improve. Tillman's going to make uh, an impact defensively and can play situationally in ways that Stevens and Lamar Stevens and Delano Banton couldn't. And Springer has a lot of potential. And I, I think what this does, it just sets the Celtics up for the cheap talent on the bench to kind of bolster what they're doing with their big money guys at the top. So Brad kind of confirmed that and said, Hey, look, we're, we're, they're a second apron team and there's going to be limitations. So you have to work now to work within those limitations later. So he kind of confirmed that Springer is kind of going to develop and who knows what we're going to see from him this year, but did, did say that he has the potential to be like, uh, a, a contributor defensively they're look he obviously has to and Brad said this has to improve his offense has to improve his jumper but he shoots like 83 percent from the free throw line that's always an indicator for when a guy's got a busted jumper but he shoots well from the free throw line that to me says all right it's just the mechanics are there maybe it's a mental thing just fix some of those little things uh and translate that free throw form into a uh, jump shot form. And I think they can figure something out. Um, I know Philly fans are kind of upset that they moved Springer to Boston. I've seen it kind of characterized as uh, they just gave Boston the Tyrese Maxey, uh, you know, stopper and can only hope that that's true. But yeah, Brad Stevens kind of basically summed everything up and uh it's been it was what we thought. So don't know what's going to happen on the buyout market. He seemed like, "Nah, I don't think we're going to do a buyout." Kata, he was like, "Eh, kind of wishy-washy on that. I don't don't know if they're going to upgrade Kata. Maybe they will, maybe they won't." But that was kind of kind of left that up in the air. S- still the potential to make some kind of moves, but I think this this is kind of where they wanted to be. They 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 got a couple of guys that they wanted that they needed. That once the Tillman signing was done, they looked across the league to say, okay, what guy can we get that fits into a developmental role that maybe we could take a swing at? And and to me, the way we should look at it is the Celtics basically drafted Springer. And he was off developing for a couple of years. And now, now they're calling him up and thank you, Philadelphia for developing him. That's, that's how I'm looking at it because he's a first round pick that as Brad noted, when, when he was drafted, they didn't have a pick high enough to go get him, but they liked him. They watched him preseason game where he really defended the Celtics. Well, was a a flashpoint for, Brad Stevens in, he said, look, that's, that's, we've always kind of liked them. And when the Sixers said, you know, basically we're like, yeah, we still need to clear more space. There's Brad Stevens saying, I'll give you a space. No problem. We will, we can, we can make this happen. And they did slick move by Brad Stevens. I like it. And if that guy does turn into a Tyrese Maxey stopper, then brilliant move. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed the show. Lots of talking for me.
28 minutes of talking. Whew. More effort than the Celtics put in. Ha ha. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching there on the YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribed. If you're a new listener, be coming every day or join me every Monday through Friday. Bonus podcasts on a weekend like this. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Watch the show on YouTube. Get into the comment section. Let me know what you think. And also share the podcast. Spread the word. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.